0: I've been declaring for some time now the lawless ruthless godless and spineless left continues to attack american citizens in an ever-increasing fashion i told you that between now and the time that our midterm elections take place we are going to face an ever-increasing onslaught of attacks in every which way because It's a simple fact that the Communist Democrat Party simply cannot continue to exist unless they steal that election. And of course, this means that we have some very serious problems to deal with, and we had better learn some lessons very, very quickly. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve LaTulip, your host, and I thank you so much for being with me today. Do you recall the Civil War that was fought in 1861 and ended in 1864? It was not just a war between two political parties, but I think it was a war that can teach us some very important principles because that war was fought on a principle, and that principle was slavery that was being practiced in the land of the free. It happened to be the bloodiest battle that was ever fought on American soil. It killed over 618,000 soldiers. And when that war began, both sides realized soon that the outcome of this war would define who we were as a nation. While it is still a most misunderstood event in American history, it's a story that still speaks to us today, and I believe that some of the lessons that we need to learn right now, and learn them fast, can be garnished from that story. Abe Lincoln was able to save the Union then, and right now, we are facing a very similar crisis to what America was facing in the mid to late 1800s, we are facing a very similar crisis. We are almost now at an identical tipping point in our great nation, and how we respond is going to determine who we are. How are we going to save the Union this time? That's the question that I want to look at and answer, hopefully, today. Right now, America is polarized and it is more divided than ever before in our history. That is a fact. And it seems like we are conflicted over a thousand different issues. I mean, go back to the 1800s. The issue was slavery. That was the driving force that was causing people to polarize. But now what do we have? We have examples of of tyranny coming at us from every which way. Uh, But the problem is both sides feel like they are being terrorized. And so depending on your views on abortion and on critical race theory, on whether or not parents should have rights to have a say about their children's education, things like that are going to determine what side you're on. And there's a lot of issues. We are dealing with drug addiction. We are dealing with alcoholism. We are dealing with the most rampant depression and anxiety that we've ever seen in people's lives before. And it's all because of all these attacks against everything that made American people live in a stable, healthy state of mind. That is now gone. But if you take all those issues and put it all into one lump sum, really what we have is something which was quite identical to what was going on in the 1800s. Take all those issues, all those thousands of conflicting issues of our time and boil it down. And what do you get? Well, first of all, We are fighting an ideological war. There's no doubt about that. And this war is very rapidly escalating right now. And as in the 1800s, our country is in crisis. A lot of people are not certain whether or not we will survive as a republic. Fortunately, we do have a template from which to work. And that template is the civil war. Because the problems that they faced then are exactly what we are facing now with just a few nuances of change. And what I mean is this. There were two issues that divided the nation in the mid-1800s, and those were slavery and central power. They are the same two issues that now divide our nation after you boil it all down. What's really at stake here? What is the crux of the problem? The slavery issue then was a racial issue. Blacks were forced to work for free. And remember that some Blacks who were freed had Black slaves as well, okay? But slavery means working without pay, having no say in what you do. And that kind of thing makes me really angry because it is evil to the core. But now today we have a new form of slavery, and it's a political form of slavery because we have nationalists who are being forced to work for globalist enemies. And think about what your taxes pay for, just that alone and what that supports. It lets you know that you are a slave to the system because you have no say in it. And they are destroying us and trying to subdue us so that we become the slaves of a few globalist elites. And that makes me very angry as well. It is evil, inherently evil. If we look at the issue of central power, well, in the Civil War, we have to realize that Abe Lincoln decided to start a fight because... The fight between the North and the South would determine whether or not we were still a union. But there was a fight between the North and South, the Union and the Confederate soldiers, and the United States had become divided at that time. There were, remember, 11 states that seceded from the Union and declared themselves to be a separate nation. And the North and the South each had its own president. Abe Lincoln uh, was president of the North, and Jefferson Davis was instated as the president of the South, those states that seceded from the Union. And each side believed that they had the right to make their own laws regarding a very critical issue. One side, however, and only one side was right, and one side was wrong. But who was to decide who was right and wrong? Didn't both of the sides appeal to the same God to rationalize their views? They did. They called upon God and said God would justify them in their actions and in their words. And didn't both sides claim justification by the actual words of the Bible? I mean, that's what blows my mind. I guess that's why I strive so much for sound interpretation, because you truly can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say, and that is not a good thing. That is actually blaspheming God when you misrepresent his word. But many people, both in the North and the South, actually believed at that time that slavery was immoral and violated God's laws of individual human rights. Most people don't realize that. There were a lot of people in the South who knew, understood the word of God, and knew that slavery was an evil. But what did they do? I mean, they lived in the South. Well, most of them were silent, and they turned their eyes away, and maybe pretended it just didn't exist, or maybe that it wasn't that bad, or at least that there was nothing they could do about it. And others rationalized it or claimed it was just a necessary evil, but necessary. Well, initially, almost everyone complied with the sinful and wicked practice of slavery. And even in the North, they tolerated it, and some Northerners had slaves. But until a few good men and women, good people, finally spoke up, nothing happened but the heat in the kettle continued to rise. Lincoln eventually saw the dangers of having a nation divided into two parts and he absolutely refused to recognize the southern states who seceded as an independent nation. He he knew it wouldn't work and he pledged to do everything within his powers to keep the states as one country. There was a good reason for this. When he finally wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, that declaration that said all slaves are free, at that time he declared also that any state that refused to comply, quote, shall then be in rebellion against the United States. Do you realize what Abe said in that sentence, in that statement? He said, That whoever does not agree and cooperate with the Emancipation Proclamation, they are in essence a domestic enemy. You are in rebellion against the United States. Now, this resolve is likely what saved our country. Because Abraham Lincoln did that, we did not experience an early demise of our nation. And now, here we are again, in the exact same situation. America is now a divided nation. But this time, we are divided on seemingly so many issues, but recognize that they all really do boil down to these two issues, slavery and central power. Now, there's a few variations. First of all, when we talk about slavery, the danger of slavery to a global elite ruling class should be self-evident to everyone, but it's not. Some people think, oh, it's just a great thing. It just means I don't have to worry about anything anymore. They will take care of me. And of course, nothing could be further from the truth. And the second issue, centralized power, If we're talking about centralizing power on a global scale, we have no idea what harms that will bring. And we could be subject right now to a centralized power, but only if we fail to centralize the power in our present 50 state union, because our 50 state union centralized power by the federal government with restrictions is what is keeping at bay the World Economic Forum's agenda of enslaving the entire world. But there is the same gravity of the situation. America right now is at a defining moment in our history. And it's all going to come to a head really fast. And so we really need to understand what we are doing here. We need to learn some lessons and decide on how we are going to act. In other words, we have to have a plan that is going to save the union, just like Abraham Lincoln had to devise a plan. And it might be a costly plan, and it might demand much of us. But what other option do we have? We have to recognize that we are the people who will decide our fate. So I think the lessons in the Civil War for us is to recognize the similarities. But instead of North and South, we have to think in terms more of red and blue, right? Because that kind of defines the problem. Although we know that we have so many rhino Republicans who are spineless, who are silent and who even oppose the Constitution? I mean, even by their silence they oppose it. But some outright do oppose it, like Mitt Romney's and such. And that's a problem for us now. Let's take a look at California and think about the 11 states that seceded from the Union in the 1800s. Look at California. Is California not already a state that has effectually already seceded from the Union? I absolutely believe so. It is gradually becoming a third world nation down there. I mean, go to San Francisco. It is not the place it once was. The same thing for L.A. Downtown Los Angeles is is a dirty, filthy mess. And look at all the big cities in the blue states. They are war zones. They have become trash cities. They have no law. They have no order, no cleanliness, no system of working together. They are a mess, an absolute mess. And what has California now just done? they just passed a bill, AB 2098, that would punish doctors and all other medical professionals for spreading what they call false information about COVID-19 shots and treatments. Now, you know what that means. It means you can't talk at all about The sudden deaths, and there are thousands of them now, and you can't associate them with the messenger RNA shots, no matter how obvious it is, and it has become that the jabs are exceedingly dangerous. We are forbidden to state the obvious. It's kind of like the emperor's clothes, right? Or maybe like Nazi Germany, We see the evil happening, and they are still pushing the COVID-19 shots now. Pushing a shot for a virus that doesn't even exist any longer is antiquated. It has mutated multiple times, but they're still pushing the shot for a reason. And the reason is to destroy you. Anybody that takes a shot is risking their life of either losing their life or significantly shortening it because of the harms it does. Is that what we really want? But we can't talk about it. You see, if we talk about it, we oppose the government. We can't even talk about the benefits of treatment, like the great drug ivermectin, which has such wonderful antiviral and I might add anti-cancer properties. We are simply forbidden. Forbidden to talk about the horse dewormer, right? Which is what they call it. Of course, it's anything but that. Ivermectin was an incredible medicine that was discovered by a great Japanese scientist who who saved millions of lives across the entire globe because this medicine did so much good. And there are very few medications that are safer to take than ivermectin. It is a great antiviral treatment, and therefore, we must be silent and not talk about it. You must know your government's agenda right now. It is destructive. It is evil. It is harmful. And they are trying to silence us into having you not know about it, not learn about it. We can't say anything anymore that conflicts with the government's criminal globalist plan. This is the second holocaust in progress, to kill as many people as possible. And if you do oppose them, you will be accused of spreading misinformation. And if you spread misinformation, they are coming after you. But Where in the California statutory law do we actually find the definition of misinformation or disinformation? And who shall be our accusers? Do they have themselves a medical license, a medical degree? Are they aware of the best science? And do they even care about anything that is truthful in medicine? Of course not. The answer is no. They are Gestapo's who accuse us who speak the truth. They are lovers of tyranny and oppression, and they aim to destroy America. Now, what California's new bill being passed means is that the California Medical Board, an unelected panel of doctors, lawyers, businessmen, and even former police officers, they're called investigators are coming after you, the doctor who tells your patient the truth. They will rob you of your license to practice medicine. They will trash your reputation. And they will destroy you economically so that you have no means whatsoever to come after them, to defend yourself. They will destroy you economically so you have no means of hiring an attorney because you simply can't afford one. Medical boards in each state are experts at taking down good doctors. Just ask the thousands of doctors who already are censored and intimidated and threatened in America. There are a growing number of people. But you know... They're not the only ones that are dissatisfied with the way things are in our government. I mean, let's take a look in California. Even Ozzy Osbourne, who lives there, says he's moving back to England. Well, why is that? Well, he just doesn't like it. Too many people are being killed in schools, he says. And his wife, Sharon Osbourne, recently stated about living in the United States of America, I quote... America has changed so drastically. It isn't the United States of America at all. Nothing's united about it. It's a very weird place to live right now. Well, thank you, Sharon, for your insights. And thank you, Ozzy, for being offended because people are being killed in schools. And so you're headed back to England. Well, let me tell you this, what Ozzie and Sharon are probably incapable of saying is that America isn't a weird place to live, but it has become a godless nation, a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. We are one nation, no longer under God. And so, you know what I say to Ozzie and Sharon? Go home to England, Ozzy. If you are not willing to fight for America, the great nation that she once was, then we don't need you and we don't want you here. It's time you stop leeching off of us and go home. If you would have any impact, if I would have any impact, I would say that we should be saying these words to every communist pundit in America. Please, by all means, leave now. What we have in California right now is a full-blown communist state that has zero intent of ever following the Constitution. Now, that ought to upset us greatly. It should make us very concerned. It should raise in our minds the question, what shall we do to save the Union? Now, California hasn't yet attempted to secede from the Union. But what if they did? Should we allow it? Or should we have the same concerns as did Abraham Lincoln? Now, before you answer that question, really think it through. I'll ask you that. Because there are consequences to us dividing. As soon as we come, the united States of America, we are screwed. We are in trouble. We are vulnerable in ways that we could not even imagine, and we are headed for poverty and for more oppression. Take a look at the wonderful state of Oregon. Oregon is an absolutely beautiful state. I love it. I recently moved out of the state of Oregon because I simply could not stand the Marxist-Communist rule that is going on right there. The Marxist-stated rule is is really communism in every which way, and it is ruled by a soon-to-be-gone great deceiver. I called Governor Kate Brown the queen of lies. She is subtle, but she works in very dangerous ways, and right now... She is doing everything she can to destroy not just Oregon, but America. You may not recall that Oregon was the first state to initiate mail in ballots across the state. And ever since that time, Democrats have been in control. Is that any surprise? Never again have we had a Republican governor. Oregon legislators. Are leading the way right now in sponsoring new, quote, gun control laws. And where do you think this is going to head? Where are we going? Well, if we have no guns, we have no good means of fighting back. They fully aim to disarm our population. And you see, if one state can get the job done and disarm the citizens of an entire state, then that could spread very quickly like a cancer. And it's something we simply must not allow. What it means if we can't fight back is that millions more will be oppressed. Thousands will die from the oppression. Look right now at Great Britain, at Australia, at Cambodia, France. What have they told us so many times? Don't get rid of your weapons. Look at the COVID 19 response in those countries. It was just horrendous, the oppression of the people, and they had no means of fighting back because they were disarmed. This is an injustice that we have to confront right now. It doesn't matter if you live in the state of California or Oregon. And if you live in the state of Washington, I assure you, it is absolutely no better than Oregon or California. They are full of deception and simply incapable of telling the truth in the Washington state government. In fact, I looked up the Washington state department of health website, and it's riddled with lies let me quote to you a few things they say. First of all, quote, we know that the COVID-19 is here to stay for the foreseeable future. That is a lie. COVID-19 is long gone. What they are saying is that we want you to believe that the COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, is going to be here in your face so that we can control you for the foreseeable future for as long as we possibly can. And we want you to remain scared of it. Be on your guard. Let us control you and tell you what to do and what not to do. They also state on that website, the department of health says wearing a mask helps to slow the spread of COVID-19. Now that's a blatant lie. The wearing of a mask caused more problems. It increased your risk of being infected with viruses as well as bacteria. It is literally a facial diaper that does so much harm. But wearing a mask is now a symbol of control. It is the new symbolic swastika. Please don't believe these lies. They further state, quote, there is no better defense against COVID-19 than getting vaccinated and boosted as soon as you are eligible. Another profound lie. The messenger RNA vaccine is dangerous. It produces spike protein it generates a lot more spike protein than the genetically manipulated virus that was created in Wuhan lab. And the more shots you take of that, the more you destroy your own immune system and set yourself up for your own demise by another virus that would otherwise be just a common cold virus. Do not Be deceived if you live in Washington and listen to that stuff. Washington, D.C. itself had a recent no shots, no school plan. They had a minor's consent for obtaining a vaccine. Now, thankfully, that issue was just struck down, but I assure you they'll be at it again and putting on the pressure until they have their way which is to get that toxic injection into the bodies of your little children, who will then suffer with infertility, if not death. And you've seen how many children are now dying across our country every day because they took the shot. They will continue to lie to you every which way they can. In New York, they wanted all Republicans to move out of the state, right? New York City passed a law also that allows foreign citizens to vote. They have a total disregard for the Constitution. And that is the problem with these deep blue states. If I lived in New York right now, and I was born and raised in Rhode Island, by the way, so I'm very familiar with the Eastern mentality. But if I did live in New York, I would want to move as far from that place as possible. But let's ask ourselves this, including myself, is this really the solution? What if New York did have only Democrat residents? What would likely happen, do you think? Well, I think it would be the same exact thing that happened in other nation states under Hitler, under Mussolini, Stalin, Lenin, and all other tyrants. The same thing that's happening right now in Canada, in Austria, in France, and other socialist upstarts. Those people are facing oppression that they never imagined would be possible. They didn't even see it coming. But that's what's happening right now. And that is what will happen if the blue states have their way. You have been warned. People are miserable. They are angry. They use drugs and alcohol heavily to escape their oppression, their sorrows, their depression, their anxiety. And every other form of wholesome living can be found in states where terrorists rule. And that's what happens to people who live in a Slavic country, in a slave state, in a dictator system. It's something that should bother us very much, shouldn't it? It bothers me a whole bunch. I'm gonna take a short break and be right back. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash outloud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. I've been discussing today the great question that we need to answer because we are now facing a moment of truth. The question is, how do we save, again, the great... Union of the United States of America. We are in trouble because we are at that point in history right now, again, when some states are declaring themselves sovereign, claiming their independence from the Constitution. And that is a very dangerous situation for a free nation to be subjected to. How do we save the union? Does it bother you that we have such blue states that are completely spitting in our faces when we talk about honoring the constitution? Because that's what they do, really. They laugh at us. They ridicule us. They call us right-wing radicals, uh, just as even our so-called installed president does. Of course, He has an excuse. He's demented. He is mindless. He's a complete puppet and an idiot, but he is an evil idiot. What do we do at this point? It's an important question to answer because every single state that is weakened by disavowing the Constitution and claiming themselves to be a sovereign state that can make up their own rules Every single one of those states is a chink in the armor of our nation against foreign enemies. Every state opposing our constitutional republic is truly, by definition, legitimately an enemy of our own homeland. They are a cancer that is ready to spread to other states. And that is a problem that we do not need. And it is virtually the same problem that Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, was facing before the start of the Civil War. But there are lessons we can learn from these two conflicts, because the issues are really the same when they're all boiled down to the To the root of the problem, we have an issue with slavery right now, and we have an issue with centralized power. The same two issues that were at stake during Abe Lincoln's time. And yes, it should bother us greatly. Abe Lincoln was so concerned about a divided nation because a divided nation is a very weak nation. And there is absolutely no strength in diversity. There is only strength in unity, and the best strength is unity without compromise. But we have issues that we have to face right now, and the big issue that's being raised is this issue of central power. You see, a little central power can unite a body of people, a lot of central power can oppress and destroy the people. The federal government is a form of centralized power, and for the founders of this nation, it was a concern. They were worried that it was too big of a centralized government, and so they put in some checks and balances. They developed a division of power into three branches of government because this system of checks and balances would keep the government from becoming a beast, from becoming too powerful. But today we are facing a centralized a national power that is being destroyed, and that can be good and healthy, and it has been good and healthy for the United States of America as long as it is kept and under check. But if we start talking about a globalist centralization of power, well, that's going to be lethal. That is a very bad idea. It is not good for our physical or mental health. Globalist power can destroy us. We lose our sovereignty. We suddenly have no say in any decision-making in our own lives. We become serfs in a feudal system. The ultimate state power would be created in a 50-nation state, but if we destroy the 50-nation states that are united as the United States of America, and if every state all of a sudden becomes its own sovereign nation, think about what that really means. It means that there will be little or no cooperation between the states. There will be no widespread national unity that we have had for almost 250 years that was actually based on an accepted standard that was the bible and we would be very prone to dictatorships within each of those states because those states become dictators when there is no checks or balances As provided by the Constitution. So if we allow the blue states to separate from us and to form their own government, which is not based on the Constitution, we are allowing tyranny to reign in our land. In essence, we are allowing and enabling the existence of a rogue state, a domestic enemy, We absolutely need a balance of central power, but it has to be unified based on a standard. And that's exactly why America is in trouble right now, because we have completely put aside the standard. We have forgotten what we stand for. And right now, America is in a real big heap of trouble. The question is, how do we save the Union? Let me put it in a different way. How do we deal with the blue states like California, New York, Oregon, Washington, and other states, maybe like Illinois, that absolutely refuse to abide by the Constitution? What do we do with them? Does not such refusal to follow the Constitution put them? at odds with everything that America stands for? Doesn't their rejection of our system of government declare them to be a domestic enemy? How else can you look at it? And at what point do we intervene in order to preserve the union? Now, this question, these questions have to be answered You know, some people are intervening, and I'm very excited to see that. It gives me hope for my nation. Everybody knows the evil George Soros, the billionaire who has funded all kinds of tyranny across the globe. George Soros lives to destroy free republics, and he's funded a lot of people, including Governor Kate Brown in Oregon and perhaps many other governors, and we know that he has been funding recently district attorneys across the country. Recently, we saw that San Francisco's DA, who was Soros-funded, was just recalled by a popular recall election. Now, isn't that wonderful? Shove it in George Soros's face, because that's what needs to happen everywhere. And look at the state of Florida. I have got to give so much credit to Governor Ron DeSantis. He recently removed from office DA Andrew Warren because he refused to uphold the laws of the state. A state district attorney refused to follow the laws of the Constitution. And Ron DeSantis sent the state police in after him to remove him physically from that office. He is gone. Good for you, Mr. DeSantis. You have set a blaring good example of what every governor should be doing in every state. You know, this shows us what can be done. We do not need to be victims of the system, all we have to do is stand up to these oppressors and say no more. We see so many examples of blatant rebellion against our constitution. Rebellion, not even trying to hide it, but flaunting it. How in the world do we preserve the union? We need 50 more Ron DeSantis in the country, right? And we've got a few coming up. I'm very grateful for the good patriots that we have governing a few states like South Dakota. Hopefully we'll get Carrie Lake elected as governor in Arizona. Let me tell you, that woman is a patriot of patriots. She will follow through on what she says. She admires DeSantis. She stands with President Trump. And let me tell you, President Trump Did our country a lot of good but how do we preserve our union it's in such a state of mess well we had better come up with some answers pretty quickly because we don't have much time and we definitely have no time to waste i actually wonder what would abraham lincoln say right now if he were president what would be his strategy you know, nobody but God has all the perfect answers, but we must do something against these lawless states. It is imperative if our nation is going to survive this mess, this coup in progress. Well, I thought back and forth and I asked myself, if I were president, how would I save the union? What would I do? Now, you can probably be thankful after you hear me because I'm going to speak the truth plainly here. Okay, I'm not planning on running for president. And of course, I'd never make it. And I don't think I'd want to, but I will fight for the union. But if I were president, this is how I would save the union. I'd first start out on my knees and I would pray without ceasing. We need a lot of prayer. To receive wisdom and guidance from the Lord, God promises He will answer our prayers if we only ask and ask it in His name, which means by His authority according to His standard. That's what in His name means. And then you know what I would do? I would probably write another emancipation proclamation. I think I'd write another letter saying, We are now officially free from the slavery of obeying any governor or any other politician, whoever it may be, who disobeys our constitution. We're done. I am free from it. You cannot make me obey. You cannot force me into a position of slavery. And then what I would do is I would declare, I would actually declare a war against the domestic enemy. Wars have one goal. All right, let's face it. Wars have a goal, and the goal is victory. And victory is achieved by destroying, utterly destroying the enemy, neutralizing them. You know what that means? It means by killing them and forcefully stopping all of the evil that they do. Now, that sounds horrible, but let me tell you, it's not horrible. If a righteous war, a just war is declared, that is an instrument of God's justice because it is justifiable according to God's standard. And isn't that what we did to Hitler? We destroyed Hitler. He shot himself because he knew his party was over, because people stood up. Righteous people attacked him and took them down by killing them and rescuing how many millions of people? And that's exactly what Abe Lincoln did to stop slavery and to save the Union, to preserve a unity among the people, to keep a centralized federal government that is essential and good if it is kept in check. And that's exactly what we should do now. Remember, these people succeeded goodness, righteousness always prevails over evil in the end. But how do we do it? Well, we have to, first of all, stop pussyfooting around. Stop playing the enemy's game. Stop hoping we can win them over by persuasion, by logic, by common sense and truth. It's not going to happen. They refuse to hear it. Believe me, I've tried myself. I hear every day from so many doctors across the country who are trying to regain freedom in medicine. And it's just not happening. So we need to get active and we need to use a little common sense in taking out this enemy because they will not listen. The way I would do it is I would organize a kinetic strategic military plan. I won't talk about the size, but it would be a plan to free the world of tyrannical leaders, just like we did with the Taliban. It is so easily doable. And I would specifically take out the big actors if I were president. And if I declared a war and was planning out this strategic military plan, I would take out George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates. You know who they are. The enemies of the state, the domestic enemy, the enemies across the globe who are in cahoots with our government right now with the puppet Biden regime. Those would be my first targets. And let me tell you, they are relatively few and they are relatively easy targets. And I would eliminate them. This is legally and morally acceptable. It is a righteous war. I would attack the enemy. And I would crush them who are now fighting to destroy us. And if you think there's not been bloodshed already, think of the thousands who have been killed by the messenger RNA jab, the toxic poke. Think of all the people who were destroyed from lockdown, shutdowns from masking. How many people got depressed and committed suicide? How many resorted to drugs and alcohol Uh, because they had no other way of consoling themselves in their torment because of Fauci, because of Bill Gates, because of our our own CDC, who is so corrupt. And then you know what I would do? I would recruit a well-regulated militia in every state that swears allegiance to the Constitution. We don't want Governor Kate Brown ruling a, a militia, okay? Forget it but I would implement a well-regulated militia and mandate it in every state so that I could fully apply the intention of the Second Amendment. And you know what that is? It is to hold government accountable because our government right now has no accountability whatsoever. They do whatever they want. And then I would sanitize the government. I would fire all woke staff, all those who oppose America. That's my definition of woke. I would eliminate all useless, wasteful government agencies. And I would absolutely immediately propose a harsh penalty and immediate termination of members of Congress who failed to defend the Constitution, and there would be no second chances. They would be gone forever and immediately without any benefits whatsoever. Adios, amigos. And the fifth thing I would do is defend Christian liberty. Yes, Christian liberty. Remember, America is a Christian nation. And when they wanted to promote separation of church and state, it was so that Christianity would thrive and would not be squelched by the government. So I would do everything in my power legally to promote evangelizing the nation, to encourage revival through the private sector as never before. Remember the words of Alexis de Tuckerville, who stated very clearly after he visited our nation, he said there is no way that this free republic can be perpetuated unless they have a Christian standard. We have to agree to follow a standard in order to be unified. We have unity without compromise by abiding by the word of God, the words written in the Bible. That must be our standard, as it was our standard as America was forming and becoming a great nation. This was the goal of the First Amendment, to guarantee free expression of the Christian faith. We must bring prayer and patriotism back in public schools, put a flag in every classroom, Start the day with a Pledge of Allegiance. And then I would mandate education and ban indoctrination, brainwashing. I would teach the Constitution and American history in every school in America. I would get back to the basics, you know, math, English grammar, literature, unadulterated science, arts and music. Get back to the basics and teach something that really counts. And then teach some morality and ethics, like good manners, common courtesy, proper etiquette. People have no idea even what the word etiquette means. And then finally, I'd get on my knees and I would pray some more because I'm a fallible human being. But I love my nation. I love my brothers and sisters united as one people in the 50 states of America. And I don't care what your skin color is. I don't even care what your religious belief is. If you are an American, I hold you dear to my heart and I would defend you. And we have to have that stance. But it is the Christian standard that will perpetuate the freedom that we have up to this point enjoyed. Will we be able to save the Union again? You know what Biden just said? The brave white right-wing Americans are going to need an F-15. If they're going to, what, come after their country? You mean defend the country? No, I'm sorry, Biden, you are wrong. And whoever is putting the words in your mouth, understand this, you are wrong. The American people do not need an F-15 to take back our country. And I am all too willing to prove it. And so are millions of other good Americans. We are just now over two months away from the midterm elections, and the Communist Democrat Party is a domestic enemy, a desperate domestic enemy, and as I have stated multiple times, they will do everything they can to pilfer another election, and they have lots of help. Every single government agency is absolutely corrupt, and I've had enough of it. But if we keep fighting and praying, if we honestly choose to fight this fight, well, take a look at what's happening, right? everything that the left is doing right now to intentionally harm us is backfiring. Why? Because we are taking a stand against them. Their evil empire will crumble to nothing, to powder in no time at all, if we simply rise and take a stand, and now is the time to do it. Maybe, just maybe, The Mar-a-Lago raid was the best thing that could have ever happened for freedom lovers. We are uniting as never before right now to fight this domestic enemy. And that is exactly how we will save this union. So we need to get at it. Do what you can this week. Do everything you can to preserve the union, the United States of America. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise. With Dr. Steve LaTulip, don't back down. We have a war to fight and to win. Adieu.